0: Good evening and thank you for joining us tonight in our Wednesday Evening Bible Study. Over the past several weeks, even months, we have been looking at the children of Israel making a journey from Egypt into the Promised Land. And we looked at the wilderness time and the lessons that the children of Israel had been taught. Some they learned, some they didn't, but we saw how Joshua was the one who had learned all of those lessons and how he was the example for us. We're beginning a new study tonight in the book of Proverbs. We are going to be spending time over the next several many weeks looking at practical principles from Proverbs that we can apply to our life that will help us to be wise stewards of the life that God has given us. The book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, the son of David. David was a great and mighty king, and when he turns the kingdom over to Solomon, God asks Solomon, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? And Solomon declares before God, I need wisdom to rule this great people. So God gives him wisdom and gives him even far and above beyond that. Those principles of wisdom that Solomon received are written down for us in the book of Proverbs. We're going to see two major purposes today that Proverbs was given to us for. But before we do, we need to understand, generally speaking, what the whole book and what Solomon is trying to teach us. Proverbs often takes two lifestyles and compares them you have the life of wisdom and sometimes even wisdom is personified throughout the book but you have the life of wisdom but the opposite of wisdom is not ignorance the life that's given as the opposite of the wise life is the foolish life if i asked you which would you rather be wise or foolish well that's an easy question to answer everyone would acknowledge i'd much rather be wise than foolish But when we come to Proverbs, we see what is required in order for us to be wise as opposed to foolish. When we look here and we come to seeing what we have in the book of Proverbs, we see that there are two paths before us, the path of wisdom and the path of folly. I suppose we could say that the book of Proverbs really comes down to the question of which path will you take? Every day we have a choice, either to live God's way or our way, to live wisely or to live foolishly, to sow to the spirit or to sow to the flesh. The person who consistently acts upon biblical truth will be able to successfully navigate his way through life's difficulties. In fact, he will face less difficulties of his own making because he is making wise choices. I can't think of a better guide for wise living than the book of Proverbs. It can help us recalibrate our spiritual compasses to true north so that we can make wise choices and stay on the path of wisdom. When we come to Proverbs, we want much as John reiterated over and over in Revelation. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. So when we look in Proverbs, it's only going to help us if we will hear what the Spirit is saying. Join me in verses 1 through 5. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of King David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Laid before us. Are two purposes here. The purpose of the book of Proverbs, the first comes down to the purpose is for wisdom, to develop skillfulness and discipline in holy living. Look at verse two, to know wisdom. That word wisdom there has behind it in the original Hebrew, the idea of a skillfulness, knowing how to handle life. In fact, this is the same word that's used in Exodus 31. There in Exodus 31, the Lord has told Moses about the tabernacle and how the tabernacle is to be built. He's given him a lot of instructions from the furniture to the building itself. Then the Lord speaks to Moses and says, but I have given people skillfulness and wisdom to do this. In fact, verse 6 reads, And I, behold, I have given with him Aholiab of the tribe of Dan and in the hearts of all that are wise Hearted. So, of all these individuals, I have put wisdom. So they are wise-hearted, but God has put wisdom into them that they may make all that I have commanded thee. They are going to be able to take their hands, and they're going to be able to skillfully craft the furniture that needs to be crafted, skillfully craft the material that needs to be made for the veil that separates the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place, for the coverings. They have a skill, and that skill is a wisdom of. Of how to do that. If you take a a talent and you look at music, people can be skillful in music and know how to play different instruments and they can get good at it. They can be skillful in craftsmanship of building. Someone can be skillful in mathematics and science. They have an ability in their wisdom of that subject matter to know how to skillfully use it. As Christians, the book of Proverbs gives us the skillfulness to know how to become a master at life. We can skillfully live our way through life. There are plenty of areas that I have learned in my days that I am not skillful at, things that I cannot do. I'm just not any good at them. There are other things that I can do a little bit better job at. But there is an area that all of us should desire to do our best, and we should be desiring to be skillful at life. And wisdom is what will help us to be skillful at life. In that skillfulness of life, we will then have the ability to look at things different ways, to see them, and we'll see more about that in just a minute. But here in this passage, we see to know wisdom and instruction. That word instruction there actually means to chastise, it's the word for discipline, to help correct. It is with the purpose of training the moral nature. Wisdom. I can know wisdom, and I can receive that instruction, that discipline, that is going to help me know how to skillfully live through life. Wisdom signifies skillful living, but godly character does not happen without discipline. It is impossible. 1 Timothy 4, 7 tells us that we are to exercise ourselves rather unto godliness just like I have to exercise to get better, I have to practice to get better at something, I have to exercise to get better at godliness. Just the other day, Justice was wanting a ukulele, so we got him one for his birthday. I got that ukulele, I pulled up some YouTube videos so he could begin to watch and learn how to play. There were three chords that they were taught to him, and he began to learn these three chords. And in a matter of a few minutes, he was so disappointed. He couldn't understand why he couldn't play a song already. He wanted to just be able to grab that ukulele, tune it a little bit, and be able to play whatever he wanted. He didn't recognize that there is a discipline that he needs to become good at using that instrument. We have to exercise discipline if we want to become wise. When I look back at the verse, to know wisdom so I can have the knowledge and be skillful in my ability to use life and instruction. I've got to have discipline in my life to be able to use the wisdom. The two go hand in hand. They cannot be separated. Godly character comes with a price tag, and that price tag is personal discipline. I cannot become godly without having personal discipline because often what is wise and what my flesh desires are opposed to each other. So my skillful ability to navigate life means that I'm able to set aside what I emotionally want, what I physically want, what my sin nature wants, and to do what is right. So discipline goes hand in hand. You cannot have godly character without paying the price, and that price is discipline. In order to have personal discipline, I must develop spiritual habits. I want to give you a couple real quickly. I must develop the habit of worship. Worship is not just a time in which we get together as a group and we sing. Worship is when I come before God, I see the greatness of God, I recognize the magnitude of God, how big he is, how finite I am. And in comparison, when I worship, it helps me to put everything into perspective because it keeps God in his place. I have to have the habit of worship if I want to have godly character. Not only do I need worship, I need Bible study. I need to be able to come to God's word, study it, learn, apply it to my life. Skillfulness is taking God's plan and putting it into action in my life. That's what wisdom becomes all about. So I have to know God's plan in order to be able to skillfully enact it. Bible study, the habit of prayer, communing with God, being able to learn from God and grow in God. I've got to be able to communicate my needs and then through prayer for God to help direct my heart and life. The Holy Spirit of God will work in prayer. And I need the habit of fellowship. If the purpose of the church is to provoke one another to love and good works when I assemble together, then I recognize I need that fellowship in my life with other godly believers so that they can encourage me and I can encourage them. We can help each other do what's right. These habits will help with the spiritual discipline that will lead to wisdom. But not only am I going to have wisdom through skillful living of life, But the second purpose we see here is that I can acquire moral discernment. I can learn how to discern right from wrong. If you will, look at the end of the verse. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. That word there, the Hebrew word, literally means to separate mentally. I have to be able to learn to distinguish between. Well, what do I need to be able to distinguish between? I have to learn to distinguish between truth and error. I have to be able to distinguish, okay, this is right, and this looks right, but there's something wrong. Satan often doesn't come to us with the idea of, look at all of this wickedness. Don't you want it? No, with Christians, most of the time what Satan does is he says, look at all this right, and here's a little bit of wrong. Aren't you willing to accept that wrong? It will make the right better. That's the lie he tells. It's good being the enemy of best. And Satan has a way of just helping to make it so that error and truth look a lot alike. Wisdom allows me to discern between the two. Say, no, this is truth and this is error. If I don't have that wisdom, if I don't have that ability to discern that and then to discipline myself to do that, but the book of Proverbs says I can give you that understanding. I can help you to know those difference. Not only to discern truth and error, but also to understand that that it has permanent value versus that which has temporal value. Not necessarily eternal, though it may be. Permanent has the idea of this is going to affect the rest of my life in such a way that this is what I want. Too often, we sacrifice what we want most for what we want right now. I'm not living for the temporal gratification of an instant moment. Instead, I need to look at the permanent value of what is best for my life. Wisdom says I'm going to be able to discern between what has great long-term value and what has short-term enjoyment, but defeats my long-term purposes. I have to be able to see that because so often those things again, get very close together and I have to be willing to separate them and to pull them apart. I need to be able to come to life and see that in my life, there are things that have to be separated. When I don't have discernment, here's the danger a person lacking in moral discernment consistently finds himself in trouble. If I don't have the ability to discern what is right from what is wrong, what is error and truth, what is permanent and what is temporal, then where I end up is repeatedly in trouble. And when I end up repeatedly in trouble, the thing that happens to me is I don't even know that it's of my own fault. And oftentimes I blame it on everyone else around me. When I look at it and I see that my bad decisions piled up upon each other have led me to this place of difficulty, then I can change my choices. But a person who lacks discernment considers himself a victim. Well, it's their fault. It's their fault. It's society's fault. It's the government's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's my friend's fault. Everything is somebody else's fault. I've been mistreated, so this is how I ended up that way. They never put together that it is their poor life choices, their lack of discernment that has gotten them into this place. We have to be able to step back and see this choice will lead to fruitfulness. This choice will lead to trouble and pain. When we look at Hebrews 5 verse 14, we see that, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Wisdom. To know wisdom, how to skillfully deal with life. And instruction to discipline myself so that I follow that skillfulness to life, and then I can perceive the words of understanding. I can determine and discern right and wrong. Permanent, temporal, Those things that have to make a decision about which way I should go, the path I should take. It takes work, practice, and diligence. But if we increase in wisdom, we become so skillful at life that we can become great at living. If you ever work with someone who is extremely skillful in their trade or at their craft, they can go through and they make so few mistakes. But if they ever make a mistake they quickly realize it they know exactly how to fix it and many times depending on the craft or trade they're able to cover that mistake right up as if it never happened when we are wise in life we are able to go through eliminate so many mistakes and the consequences of them and we can go through and when mistakes happen we fix them quickly and we know how to move right past them man i want to be a wise person that knows how to handle life. But the biggest enemy of my wisdom is myself. And so I have to be able to discipline myself to pay the price for wisdom and then to be able to discern what's going to help with wisdom and what's going to hurt. So how can we do that? Well, We'll be looking at specific areas of wisdom down the road here. But I want to challenge you with three things to start our study. One, read the book of Proverbs. For years, I was told, look, read a chapter a day. And I did. The problem is, after a time, I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and read through it a little more quickly in a different manner. And so I would read chunks of, of Proverbs at a time. And all of a sudden, passages started blending together in ways that I didn't realize because of the days that were separating them in my mind. I couldn't remember them. So I began to read much larger chunks as I would go through the book of Proverbs. If you spend 15 minutes a day You can read through the book of Proverbs in one week. One week. Now, we'll be back in the study two weeks from now. And in two weeks from now, if you spend between seven and eight minutes a day, you can read through, listen to the entire book of Proverbs. I challenge you. Try to get 15 minutes a day and get through the book of Proverbs twice, between now and two weeks from now. On top of that, Scripture clearly teaches. If you lack wisdom, and that's what the book of Proverbs is all about, skillfully living in life, if you lack wisdom, ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. So begin to pray for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. In a day that you're facing, God, I don't know what's ahead in this day, but I want the skillfulness to handle this day. Give me that wisdom. And then thirdly, begin to just keep track of principles from the book. Whether that means in your Bible, you start underlining some. Whether that means taking a notes in your phone and you begin to copy and paste some verses in there. But come up with a list of principles that you believe are vitally important to your life, that you want to live by, that you believe will help bring you down the right path, that you can come back to quickly without having to scour through the entire book of Proverbs. But you'll have a list of principles that you've looked at and you've put as important in your life. If we're going to grow in our wisdom, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take exercising our faith. But we can do it. And we can choose the path of the wise. Because... Not choosing the path of the wise by default puts you on the path of the foolish. Let's go down the wise path together. Tonight, as we pray, let's continue to pray for John Moon and for the clots in his lungs as he's recovering and doing better, but continue to pray for him. Also be in prayer for the Lovets as they're just they want so desperately to come to church, but because of health concerns, they have to kind of stay away. And just be prayer for them. I know Miss Betty, uh, Faith Weber, a lot are in that same boat. And then also pray for Megan. This is Megan Brown. Uh, She's having gallbladder surgery, and some of the details are still trying to work out, but they're trying to get that done this week. So be in prayer for her. I know that they would appreciate that. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. God, I thank you for the book of Proverbs, and I ask that you will give us wisdom and help us to be wise and to deal with life in a way that is pleasing and honoring to you. In addition to that, God, I do pray for these specific needs. I pray for John's health and recovery. Give doctors wisdom there. I pray that you would allow all the details to work out for Megan, that she would be able to have her gallbladder surgery, and she would recover without any complications. And then, Father, I do pray for those that are shut in just because of COVID right now. And I know that this has stretched on and seems to continually going on. But I pray for Mrs. Weber and for the Statons, for the Lovett's, And Father, I know that there are others, Mrs. Hamby, who just need that fellowship that comes. And so Lord, help us to not be forgetful, but to seek out opportunities to reach out to them and to share our love for them so that they know it, that our love would not be in word only, but in deed. Give us the grace to have wisdom in our life and to skillfully deal with everything that you put in our way for your glory and for your honor. It is because of Christ we ask it. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week.